Hello, I'm Lee West. I'm Senior Minister of RAFA International. And I want to thank you, uh, older listeners, for being with us again. And to the new ministers, let me just take a moment and point out to you that I don't know whether you found us on the website, but should you not have found us there, then you can go to our website. In fact, if you get a pencil and jot this down or re-listen to this, uh, you can find us on the web at rafaministriesworld.net. rafaministriesworld.net. And there you will find a, just a lot of free information. Uh, you'll find our books. Now, all of these things will aid you. The, the, uh, the, the material there is free except for the books, which you can order through Amazon. And also, you can receive a blessing, a special blessing, should you like to uh, give us a donation or an offering. You can do that. Of course, it's tax deductible. And we would appreciate that. Uh, and you'll receive a blessing for it. God always blesses uh, his works. So with that in mind, I want to uh, talk with you just a moment today about uh, things that are gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. In other words, the vanishing uh, of the United States set. Those of you who are under 40 years of age, you really do not probably know the name Margaret Mitchell. Margaret Mitchell. She was a very unique lady. She was born in 1900 in Atlanta, and she lived, in fact, she lived all of her life, which is rather unique, in Atlanta. Her family went back well into the Civil War because she was only born about 35 years after the Civil War ended. So she had a lot of people in her pedigree that were directly as veterans in the war or certainly those who were affected by the war. And she would, of course, heard many stories about that time period. She would have been heard, she would have heard about the deaths that had happened and the hardship that happened to the families back then because she had these close kins. And she would have heard about the humiliation that came from that terrible loss. Uh, and she would also heard about the, uh, the complete disruption of life in the southeast and southern parts of the states. Later, she became a uh, newspaper journalist with the, I think it was the Atlanta Journal. And in 1926, she began to write a novel that had been in her heart for quite a while. And in 1936, 10 years later, uh, it, she completed the novel and she called that novel, and this will be familiar to you, Gone with the Wind. The novel was called Gone with the Wind. It did, uh, gleaned worldwide fame immediately and became a classic. And uh, its ramifications start felt today, felt today because in 1939, it became a very popular movie, which is still available today. Uh, it can be picked up and seen today. It's a very, still a very good moving, moving story. But it gives some of the visual images of that particular time frame that people can get more meaning out of it. A lot of people enjoy reading, which as I, I do also, but uh, I love visual things that uh, you kind of stick with, you know, the old saying about a picture is worth a, a thousand words. And certainly that's case, uh, true in my case. I love to see a, a picture of something that sticks with me much older and longer. Uh, the old South had a very uniqueness in it. And 
I know other parts of the country did. The Northeast has its history, and the, and the West had its history in the Southwest and the Northwest, and the expansion westward into California had its uniqueness, and all of them are great, but... Uh, I guess I, I guess I really need to say if you didn't grow, was was not born into and grew up in the South, you really cannot understand the Southern mind because it had a lot of graciousness in it. It it was friendly. The people in that time were friendly and they were gracious and they were polite and uh, it had just a lot of what's called the old charm in it. And it had a lot of cities that epitomized that type of uh, of history. You can see cities like Charleston, South Carolina. You can see Savannah. You can see New Orleans. Uh, I, I, I have visited all of these places, and New Orleans was just so unique because I, I used to go there quite often back in the uh, olden days when you, if you went into the city, it had wonderful places to dine with uh with that type of cuisine that they had then. And even then, if you went down into the more body areas, such as the, the uh, French Quarter and Bourbon Street, it, you could still see, see there, you, you didn't see uh, garbage uh, like you see today. You could see people in evening clothes and you could see people in just good casual clothes, but you didn't see the, uh, the kind of thing that I hear about. I, I would never go into that area anymore. I had some friends from New Orleans, but I, I've lost contact with them, which may be a blessing because I, 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 w- I wouldn't enjoy that. And I, I feel sorry for the people who have to live there surrounded by that, as I do with many other parts of the country. And then the Southeast was not at that time, and, and maybe in some loose circles today, it's known as the Bible Belt. The fact is, you could hardly turn a corner and not find a church back in that day. They, and they all preached the word, some with more uh, authority than others, and some just the the, the uh, truth uh, that's embedded in the word. And that was almost common. If you saw If you saw a church building, you could just about tell then exactly what they believed and what they taught, which is no longer true. However, in the 1960s, the United States national agenda began to change, and it changed for the worst. The young people uh, since that time were not taught history, and it's even worse than that in today's world. Uh, and it caused in so many areas that were wonderful back in that time. Uh, elected politicians, because they are elected, solely on personality and greed. And you can look back in history and you see some of these at that time, we thought they were just wonderful people, but they, they were, they were, uh, perverts and, and crooks and liars. And they, they, history has proven them to be that way. However, in the night, uh, in the 2008, in the year 2008, uh, people began to be really doing silly things and unreasonable things in, in the voting booth. They, they they voted race in that particular year more than ability. They voted for calendar looks in that time more than, uh, than what the person stood for behind the scenes. They... People were deceived by a hidden agenda at that time. Today, the roots of evil is being, uh, bringing forth 
fruit, which is counterproductive to a really good living, the United States of old is gone with the wind. It doesn't exist anymore. If you look at some of the older citizens, probably those over 60 or 70, they are mentally off balance by what they're seeing. Their mind can't process what they see. In fact, Israel had a form of this and endured this well, when the psalmist wrote about it in Psalm 137, verses 2 and 4, he wrote this. He said, we hanged our harps upon the willows. And then he goes on to say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange, that means a foreign land? And we, we understand that. Today, we who are older Christians, we, we can't equate to the messages that are out there. We can't equate to what's transpired and where the pulpits have gone and the leadership have gone in the, in the last few decades. And this is very observable, observable. If you, if you just look around and in the eyes of the elderly, elderly, you'll see that they, they realize they just don't belong in this world, in this world. There's an old song about, I don't belong in this world anymore. Uh, in this period of the scriptures, the younger ones, I say to you, let me, let me just give you a warning. And it's found in the Word of God, and it's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. If you look at that, you can find some admonishments and things you have to be very careful of. Uh, of instead of buying into everything that comes down, as the old saying, down the pike. In First Peter 5, 8, uh, it, it, I'm going to take this back uh, into the Hebrew and the Aramaic insertions in this. And he goes on there in that scripture to say, be sober, be sober. This means free from that which uh, deadens your faculties. Be dead from those things, free from it. That deadens your faculties. And then it says, be vigilant. That means just watchful. And also, not only watchful, but expectant. Expecting the unexpected to come forth. Because you can pray up and God will forewarn you in many, many cases. It says, it goes on to say, not only be sober, but be also vigilant. And it says, because your adversary, this means enemy in a spiritual legal sense. You see, Satan can't operate in any way that's not legality to him. He has to operate. God has him on a leash. So he's only permitted to do what God permits him to do. And as far as God permits him to do now, God's not instituting in his, uh, in his, the way he acts, but God gives him some latitude and he has reasons for doing that. If you look into the scriptures, you can find some of those reasons. But anyway, he's your adversary. He's your constant adversary, your enemy. View him that way and you can see his works because it says in John 10, 10, his works are to kill, steal, and destroy. So you can look at anything that fits, fits that nomenclature and you can see that it's a spiritual, legal, uh, Bad, uh, battle in, in that sense. And he goes on to say, the devil as a roaring lion. Now the roaring there, it, it's a strange little word because really it, it takes the, the word roaring has to do with the sound that is attributed to a, a particular event. Uh, such an example would be like, uh, you could say crash. 
You can you can say crash. That means like a two vehicle heck two vehicle vehicles heading. If somebody says crash, you that's what your mind leaps to, and uh, and it's like hiss. We get that from a snake. If you hear hear a hiss, you you know that there's either a a a snake come by in the literal and the figurative. You, you can pick that up because it's there. Now, the, the word, maybe you've never heard this word, the word that goes along with this, uh, with this, this type of an analytical opinion is, it, it's called onomatopoeia. Pia. Onomatopoeia. And, uh, it's an interesting little word. And like I said, it, it's the sound that denotes something greater. Now, it goes on to say that a person is to be sober, vigilant, and you have an adversary, an enemy, and it's the devil, and he go, he's going about doing those things, making those kinds of sounds, and it says he walketh about. Now, that just means simply that he is walking in a prideful area trying to prove his authority. Every time he gets a victory, he's proving his authority over God's greatest creation, which is man. And it says he walketh about seeking that means he, he is plotting against. Satan is always plotting against. And I've taught this in other teachings that the ungodly, those who haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he takes you at his will. You, 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 you really don't have a much of a decision because he offers you things that you can't do, you think you can't do without, puts you in situations that is going to be, get an easy sensation. So he's pl- always plotting against you. And to the Christian, you have to be weary too because he'll offer you some of the same thing, offering compromise in your life. And then he says, whom he may devour. That means gulp down like a swallow somebody whole. But it also, the little catch word there is whom he may devour. So if, if he do, if he can't devour, then he can't devour. He has to have permission to do that. Whole word is active in the world to combat that which is going on in the world now. We see it in our news. It's a spiritual insanity that's in place in the whole world. And certainly in the, certainly we see it more readily because in our current events here in the United States, because this is where Satan mainly resides. Now he can, he can't be in many places at one time because he's a created being. And he can only be at one place in one time. And he's always going to be in the place where he can exert the, his greatest influence. And right now, it's my personal opinion that he sits in, in his throne in Washington, D.C. Because nobody can make some of the stupid decisions and illogical decisions that our judicial and our Congress makes there. And our legal uh, authority people that we have elected. And then they make some of these heinous decisions that affect their lives. You see, they are lazy and they, they, they reward the lazy for doing nothing. They are thieves. They, they allow thieves to legally steal. And then the owners, if they, if they uh, try, try to get these people to restrain these people or get them arrested, then lots of times they're arrested for interference. So, the wrong is made right and the right is made wrong. Our police, in most cases that we see, if we look around the spectrum, are ignorant of the laws that they're enforcing. 
Some, most of the time, if they know what they're doing, they're constrained by the laws of their particular department or, or if it's a federal government by who they, with whom they un, uh, operate under. They overreact in many cases. They use too much restraint. We've seen that before. So the police are in many, in, in fact, is in almost all cases are from the simple to the complex are overreacting. Our judicial system is totally corrupted at every level. It, it, it's it's uh, activated by ungodly people. So do we wonder why we see such judicial verdicts coming down and how they operate? We can look at those in our own government, main government, big government, those who are over the government of the land. They, they're doing crime things. And another time, they would be immediately impeached and, and put to prison for the things that they're doing, but they're doing it with impunity. Our government frustrates the average citizen when they rob us of our taxpayer money and to, to pamper the lawless. We see that, and yet they won't be addressed. And sadly, and I hate to say this, but in our church buildings, you're going to find in most cases anymore, um, ministers who have no anointing probably shouldn't be there in the first place because their congregations are only filled with religious people, not holy, God-ordained, listening to the ministers of, of the gospel. It's sad to say, but that's what most of our congregations, they have a religion, but they don't have much of Christ. Now, let me just give a, a, a word to the, to the true Christian here. And this kind of been a warning, but it's also is kind of a, a get, get your attention. And it's found in Matthew chapter 24. So it makes it, it makes it, uh, over 2000 years old, although the scripture was only written probably about 30 years after Jesus, uh, died, but it, he taught this in many forms back in his incarnation. And it was true in inference way back into, uh, when he, when he separated his people. And he goes on to say that Jesus was teaching. He, he taught that because iniquity, that means lawlessness, shall abound, that means increase, the love, that's affection, of many shall wax, that means slowly grow cold. But there's a but here. But, and you can apply this, you can put your name in there. You can say, I, I, I fit my name in here and I stand with this. He said, but he that shall endure, that means in time or in a purpose as to what is happening, the same shall be saved. That means delivered, also means protected. It'll apply to either of those situations. In closing, the world and the United States that was is gone with the wind. It is gone with the wind. It doesn't exist anymore. It was blown away just in the last few decades. And it happened so so quickly and so violently. The ignorant remain diluted, thinking that it's going to return to normal. The religious continue seeking comfort in their particular God. As I said, I, I hate to say that, but it's true. But the true in Christ believer can find hope and comfort and posture as found in Ephesians chapter six. And quoting this, it says, stand 
therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth and righteousness will allow you to be an overcoming one in this world that is insane, in the vacancy that was left by that which used to have a firm foundation, which is now gone in the wind. I hope this has blessed you. Encourage your friend to listen to us and to re-listen to this on our podcast and also to go to our website, Rafa Ministers World, and there you'll find much other things that will bless you and encourage you. Until next time, this is Dr. West and my blessings upon you all.